So today I'm going to make this fun announcement that I am so excited to announce. No, I am not pregnant because anytime you say announcement, everybody thinks that somebody's got to be pregnant, which in a room this size, I'm sure someone is, but not me. So that's not the announcement that I want to make, which, um, but for our women's ministry, I've been thinking about this for a while, but, uh, we have decided to give our women's ministry a name. Ooh, I'm big on that. Those of you who know me, like I like branding. I like names. I like ownership and all that fun stuff. And so I'm going to tell you the name. They didn't put it up. No. Okay. I'm going to tell you the name and then I'm going to tell you the story that goes along with it. And then that's what we're going to talk about today. All right. So y'all ready for it? But even if you don't come to this church, because I'm so thankful that we have some visitors here today, this still applies to your life. So um, our new women's ministry name is Thrive. I'm super pumped about that. And when you hear the story, you'll know why. Um, years ago, Brandon and I were, were talking and I was talking about friends that I had at the time and women that I was talking to at the time that were really struggling in life. And gosh, this was, this had to be, I mean, seven, eight years, I think by now ago. And, um, I was very burdened because I, I'm talking to women at the time I'm, and I'm seeing the hopelessness. I'm seeing the discouragement. It just seemed like women were in a season, or at least the women that I was talking to and around, they were in a season where they were just barely surviving in life. And I can remember telling Brandon that, and it was almost just like it, it burdened both of us. We were both like, man, as, as, as Christians who were, living abund- the abundant life that Christ says we can live. Like, we, I mean, it's, you have seasons where you're barely surviving, barely hanging on. But the lifestyle of a Christian really should not be a lifestyle of barely making it, barely surviving and barely hanging on. So Brandon's like, all right, let's pray. You know, my husband, he's like, so we start praying for these women. We start praying for me. And he says this one thing in the prayer, and this is where it comes from. And he's like, Lord, I pray that these women would not be merely surviving, but God, that they would thrive. And when he said that, I felt electricity in my body. And I was like, that's it. That's the word. That's the attitude. That's what we need to hang on to. And all those years ago, that word has stuck with me. And over most recent years, it's, it's just illuminated. It's gotten illuminated more. And so I thought that it would be so fitting to label our, to name our women's ministry here at Family Life Church, Thrive, for that reason. And the, a really cool story about that is I was, t- I was sharing with a few of the leaders, some of, just a, f- a few. So if you're like, I didn't know that, no, don't, don't take offense. Um, I don't get to talk to everybody, but I was sharing with a few leaders, uh, about that. I was excited and I was like, yeah, we're going to name it Thrive. And I told them the story that I just told y'all. And one of the ladies, and she gave me permission to sh- share this story. She shared with me that, uh, 
she has been through a lot of hardships and trials in her life. And her dad was telling her like, oh yeah, you're a survivor. You're a survivor. And he's, he's always like, you're a survivor. And I mean, there's, there's songs about being a survivor. We have, um, gotten to a point in, this is side note. We've gotten to a point in society where we are proud to be a survivor because we survived the hardships. But listen to what she told her dad. She told her dad, she's like, I don't want to just be a survivor. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And so if you look at that word, if you look at where our, our, nation is, if you look at even maybe your surroundings, the, the, the students you go to school with, the women and men that you work with, even the people that we go to church with, do we see people who are thriving in life, who are excited about life? And not that everything's about excitement because some personalities don't lend to being super enthusiastic and that's okay. But what are we seeing when you get on social media? Are you seeing people who are thriving or people who are barely surviving? And so I wanted to take some time today. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about living a life where we are thriving and not just merely surviving. The definition of thrive is to grow or develop well or vigorously, to prosper or flourish. There's a scripture in Proverbs 14.1, and I want to read it in the Amplified Version because it really brings the point home. And it says, the wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts, and her household thrives. But a foolish one who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. And so it is so important. Our actions, it starts with our our thoughts, the things we think, but our actions determine whether we will be thriving in life or merely surviving. So let me introduce you to my plant here. I'm going to, little story on this. Um, I know it's hard to see, but it looks pretty pitiful. Um, I'm not the plant lady I try to be, but uh, last night I was here, we had um, prayer. Felicia has the linger room once a month on Fridays where we just come and worship and pray and journal and just meet with God. It's space to meet with God. And I was here and I had no intentions of bringing a plant today, but the Holy Spirit just started speaking to me about how we can relate to a plant. And so I had to bring this plant so we could talk about this plant, but it's not just some simple, silly illustration. I believe it was breathed by the Holy Spirit, and he wants to use this visual to show us how important it is to tend to ourselves so we can thrive in life. Now, there are certain things that makes a plant grow, right? You need the seed, you need the soil, the plant, and the water, and Um, there's, if you ignore like me, I have been ignoring water and I really have been ignoring the sun because I don't know where to, like, I seriously don't know where to put this thing in my house. This plant is special because it was Miss Gales and she had a very special place in her house where she put the plant and she watered it and took care of it. And then after she passed away, my dad moved in the house And he and my stepmom, they watered it. They took care of the plant, and the plant was thriving. But then they moved out, and I took the plant, 
and I don't water it that often, and I don't know where to put it. So, like, really, somebody tell me after this where I need to put the thing, because I don't know. And my whole point is, is I've been ignoring putting it in a special spot. I've been ignoring watering it, and therefore my plant is just barely surviving. And we do that. We do that with ourselves. And so, excuse me, I got my trusty notebook up here. Um, and so I wanted to talk about how we can relate to the plant. You know, the fir- and there's three ways. There's three ways. And look, I'm going to be quick, get us out of here. But I want to give you a word that you can leave here with today. And you can think about it and you can take home. The first thing is the seed and the soil. In order to have a plant, we had to have some kind of seed or bud and soil. I really don't know much, but that's pretty basic. And so the seed represents Jesus and the soil represents us. If we want to thrive at all in life, we have to accept the seed of Jesus, receive him as our savior and our Lord, and then we can start the process to thrive. And so as I was praying over this message and I was praying over today, I really feel like there's some of us in here who have not received that seed. Someone has presented the seed to you and said, hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus wants you to make him the Lord and master of your life. And we have that seed sitting in front of us, but we have not received it. And so that's the first thing. That's the first thing in order to live a life where we are thriving is to accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, into our lives, and make a decision that we are going to follow him. It sounds very basic, but the truth is, is sometimes we let the seed sit on the shelf. I think of Pastor Todd's story, you know, he'll tell about he had some seeds sitting in his garage and wasn't doing anything with them. Well, they didn't grow. They didn't grow because he didn't put them in the soil. So it's so important Whether we're 11, whether we're 22, or 89, we must have Jesus. We must accept salvation and live our lives for Jesus in order to have a life that's thriving. But then that brings me to the point, what if once we were serving Jesus? What if when we were little, when we were five, we prayed the salvation prayer, but we really hadn't been We've been kind of distancing ourselves from the Lord. What I realized about this plant is whenever it doesn't have the water, everything starts to crumble apart. And so like, I mean, y'all know, most of y'all know more about it than me, but I noticed that like just the, like it doesn't, the, the, um, if there's no water in it and it's, it's just, the dirt dries up and it falls apart. And then you can be left with the seeds that don't do anything. And so in our lives, I think some of us maybe have given our lives to Jesus and we've gotten saved, but then we get to a point where we just let everything dry up. We disassociate with Jesus. We don't bring him into our day. We don't bring him into our life anymore. We don't pray. We don't ask the Lord to, to lead us and guide us, but we just disassociate. So now you have the seed over here and the soil over here, right? So that was my first point is we can relate because we need the seed. The second thing is the water. Now, usually when we talk about water, we refer to the spirit because the Bible refers to the water as the spirit. But as I was praying last night, I got another analogy that I really want to share with y'all. And the water in 
this analogy represents the people around us, okay? The people around us, in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, it says, let us consider we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, the people we choose to be around is like the water for the plant. When I don't water this plant, it doesn't do what it's, it won't thrive. And if I put Coke in this plant or coffee in this plant, I've never tried that, but what, I don't know. Does that work? Can you put Kool-Aid in there? Like, I don't, I've never done it. But my point is, is we, just like this plant needs water, we need friends. We need people around us that what does what this scripture says. The scripture says you spur one another on towards love. So this is what I want you to do. We're going to interact. I want you to think of the five people that you, that you choose to spend your time with. Like one would be a, maybe a spouse, a best friend, friends that you hang out with, friends that, you know, for y'all that still do sleepovers, which I do. I like sleepovers. I still do them as a 38-year-old. But what are the five people that you hang out with the most, that you choose to hang out with the most? Not necessarily talking about your kids or your boss, but those that you're going to go to dinner with, those that you invite. your Who are those five people? Or at least three, three or five, three or five. Think about them in your head. I see y'all thinking. Okay, question. Do those people, and, and be honest, be honest with yourself. Do those people spur you on, which means cause you to um, spur you on towards love and good deeds? Think about it. Think about it. Do those friends spur you on towards love? Like when you're sitting at the table, the dinner table, the restaurant, sitting at the picnic table at school. When you and your friends are hanging out, are y'all encouraging each other to love others, to love your children, love your husband, love your parents? Or the friends we spend in time with are the people we're choosing in our life and in our circle. Are we encouraging each other to be mean, to gossip? And listen, those of us that are married, we can gossip about our husbands. It is possible. Okay, <laughs> thank you. So what are we doing? What are those friends doing? The water, we need to be watered. That water is so important. What about good deeds? I, th- I love that we have a ministry here, or I mean, it's like a life group. Um, and one of the things they do is when someone has a hard time in life, they go help them. Or when someone goes through a loss, they'll send a card. Um, I'm not exactly sure of all the details of that life group, but how awesome is that, that you have women who come together and say, let's do some good deeds. I just want to challenge you. I don't want you to leave here thinking like, oh, you know, man, I need new friends. Maybe, but, but (laughs) that might be the case. I'm not saying go and get a new husband. Okay. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is why don't you 
Get with your friends, get with your husband and say, let's do something good for somebody else. Yeah, that girl. I mean, look, we got some, we got students in here. We got high school, middle school, college students. But the truth is, is this happens as adults in the workplace. But you have women or men that aggravate you. They frustrate you. And really the last thing you want to do is bless them, right? You're like, I want to be as far away from them as possible. What would happen if you got together with your friends? with your core, with your spouse, and said, let's do something good for that person. And the other thing is encouraging one another. Do your five or your three, do y'all encourage one another? Like, you have people that'll kick you while you're down, right? We have that. There are people in our lives that'll kick us while we're down. But how many of you know you cannot thrive in life when you're always surrounded with people who kick you while you're down. We need to be surrounded with people that encourage one another. And can I tell you one of the best ways to do that? Be an encourager. You encourage others and it just, it, it's infectious. It's so infectious. Smiles. This morning we had our amazing welcome runway and I loved it. As you women were walking in here, that's right. Let's give our serve team a hand. <laughs> But as you were walking in here, we had our serve team who was welcoming you. And I loved it because you know what? Whenever you got out of your car, you had something. Some of you had some things on your mind and you're thinking. But then as soon as you walked up and a lady smiled at you, what did you do? You smiled back. And then another one. And then another one. And then another one. So you couldn't. You didn't have a choice. But when you walked through that welcome runway, you had to smile. Y'all, it's infectious. Encouragement is infectious. And so I want to encourage you today to be an encourager and to surround yourself with encouragers. And, and let me just say this. If you have, if you have a friend that you absolutely adore, you absolutely love, you want to hang out with them, you want to spend time with them, and they're not that encouraging, why don't you encourage them to be encouraging? Have a conversation. Early on in my marriage, I had a friend and I was a little, I was a little annoyed with my husband in that season. And I would tell her about it all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I gossiped about my husband. I had to repent just to, just to let y'all know. But one day she said, you know, Cassie, I hang out with you and I hang out with you and Brandon and I like him. Like he's fun. But when you talk about him, you make me not like him. I was like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't believe that I did that. But the truth is, is I did. I was aggravated and I was sharing with her. But she called me out in a very loving way. She's like, she's like, just stop talking about him. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm sorry. You know? And so it may be a simple conversation. Maybe it's a conversation we need to have with ourselves too. Okay, so... We got the seed and the soil represent us in Jesus. And then the second thing was the water. That's the people we surround ourselves with. And the last thing is the sun, which is the position where we choose to place ourselves. Okay. And that is so important. Now, this plant, like I told you, I don't know where to put it in my house for it to thrive. I've switched it around. I put it on the floor to get sunlight, but I honestly don't know how much it needs. Yeah, you can help me after. Yeah. Um, but I really don't know how much it needs. And so I don't know where to position the plant in order for it to grow. And we must think that about ourselves. Where do we need to position ourselves 
physically in order to grow. Of course, we encourage y'all, come to church. Like the scripture says, don't forsake the, the fellowship of, of the brethren. But it's not just about the people. It's about places. Where are you going on the weekends? Where is your mind? Let's talk about our mind. Where do we place our mind? Do we place our mind in discouragement, in fear? Are we always swirling fearful thoughts? That's a state of mind. A state of mind is a place. So it's not just physical where we're choosing to actually go, but it's where our mind is. And I think that's so important no matter how old we are. We, uh, we, we can be living a life of keeping our mind on guard for 20 years and one event could happen that will scare us. There are, there are people who have lived their whole lives and get to their sixties and seventies and start to live in great fear, great discouragement. And so we have to be on guard where we place our minds. Also, our atmosphere. What, what, what's our, what's our atmosphere in your home? Now, those of you who live in your, your mom's home, cause I know again, we have, we have our students here. You have a room, a bedroom, but those of us who have our own home, whether it's your own bedroom, whether you share a bedroom or whether you have your own house, what's the atmosphere? Is it peace? Is it Jesus? Is it calming? Or is it full of dissension? Is it ra- not rowdy? Because if you have kids, I mean, it might be a little rowdy. But is it um, chaotic? You know, what what is the the atmosphere of our homes? We choose that. We get to choose the atmosphere of our homes. And so, I'm just trying to get us to think. In order to live a life where we are really truly thriving, we have to take these things into consideration. And the other thing is your assignment. Say that word, assignment. An assignment is where you, God has assigned you to be in this season. And I want to end talking about that. The other day, my girls and I were up in the office and there was a lady who comes to this church and we were talking about her move from, from Texas, I think it was. And she said these words, she said, God assigned me to come here to Lafayette, work in this place, this job. And I was like, I don't know, that word just gave, that. It, it really just rang. And I was like, man, God has assigned each and every one of us. And each and every one of us, our assignment looks different. We, we I mean, there's just a, a wide range of, of women here. But where has God assigned you? When you are in the place that God has assigned you, you will thrive. You can thrive. You can have the attitude to thrive, the, a positive attitude to, to acknowledge where God has put you and appreciate it. And I'm talking to me too. The, I say you, but I'm talking us. We can do that. And so I, just, I wanted to encourage you with those three things because here's the truth of it. Whenever we are thriving, we can help others. That is why, that is why, you know, I was, I was doing some studying this week and I, I realized something that I never really thought about and I'm sure I've heard it preached about a million times, but it just didn't click. But you know, when Jesus, after Jesus was tempted in the, uh, in the wilderness and he overcame, he did some miracles. He went out, he called disciples to do what? To help him, 
to help him spread the word, to help him perform signs and miracles. Do you know that Jesus probably could have done that all by himself? Right? He really could have. He could have casted a whole nation. He could have been like every demon in this nation out in the name of Jesus. Every blind eye in this nation healed. He could have. He was Jesus. But he chose to call on us to help him. And that is when you are living a life where you are thriving. Hope y'all don't get tired of that word. But when you are living that kind of life, you can help others. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to do. And so I wanted to share one last scripture. And it's Luke 4, 18 and 19. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, that oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Way back in Isaiah, he prophesied those words, and Jesus came and fulfilled those words. We can read it in Luke. He has called on us to help go into all nations, make disciples, share the good news. And so I want to tell you that, it again, when you go to school, those of you who are in school, listen up. All you school-aged ladies in here, when you go to school, you can bring the good news. Not all news is good news, so you got to be careful what you're bringing and sharing. But we can all bring good news. When someone's having a bad day, we can offer to pray for them. When someone is discouraged, we can smile at them. We can be kind to them. So I want to know who is in. Who wants to be a part of sharing? Who wants to be a part of bringing the good news? Proclaiming captive that the captives will be set free. Don't we want to do that? And so anyway, over here at Family Life Church, I am pumped up to continue on the, the, the legacy that Miss Bab started, Miss Tanya continued, and I'm I want to continue on this legacy of ministering to women. But I want to make sure, just like they did, that our women here at Family Life Church are thriving. We have some things going on in 2021 that we'll be announcing. But but right now, today, before you leave, I just want you to take a moment. And if there's anything that you need to release to the Lord, a disappointment, or maybe sin. Maybe there's some of you sitting in here and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to ask for forgiveness for sin. We're going to take a moment and we're going to do that. Maybe you have already, maybe, maybe you're like, no, that's not exactly me. I am a woman and I feel like I'm thriving, but I want to help other women in our church, in our community, in my family. I want to help people thrive. Whatever you are, wherever you find yourself, let's just take a moment. Let's stand up. Let's just raise your hands to the Lord. If there's sin that needs to be repented of, let's do that. Lord, we just ask that you forgive us, God. Every one of us, Lord, every sin, Lord God. Things that we could think of right now and things that we can't, God. We just ask that you forgive us. Let's just take a moment, ladies, and and let's review And if there's anything that you need to release before the Lord, just give it to him. Maybe it's something you've been worrying about.
I had to do that last night. There was a lot that I had that I needed to release before the Lord. And so, Lord, we just release it to you, God. We release the cares. We release the worries. We release the hurts. And, Lord God, we ask that you would strengthen us, Father, to do your will. Lord, yes, we want to be healed. Yes, Father God, we want financial breakthrough, Father God. Yes, Lord God, we want to see loved ones saved, God. But the truth is, is you have called each one of us. You have given each one of us an assignment, God. And we need the strength to walk it out, Father. Lord, I pray that you speak to your daughters today, God. Speak to your daughters. And Father God, I lift my hand up too, Father, and I just pray... Lord God, that you would help me to be wise in my decisions, Father God, because I do want to be a woman who thrives in the kingdom of God. You say we can have the abundant life through you, Lord, and we want that. And so, Lord, I just lift up my hands and say, I surrender, God. I surrender to your plan. I surrender, God, to what you have for me, to the steps that you have put in front of me that I know not of yet. Lord, I surrender. And I pray that there would be a surrendering heart. Father, I pray that you would help us, God, to go out, Father, and and spread the good news, Father, that we wouldn't be ashamed, Lord God. We wouldn't be ashamed of you or who you are, but God, that we would want to spread the news, Father, spread the good news of Jesus. Lord, I pray over every woman in here, and I pray that the word that was spoken has been sealed over them, Lord. I pray that we would take this seed, that we would we would desire, Lord God, to spend time with you, to come to know you, Father God, better and more. Lord, I pray, Father God, divine revelation of your word, Father God, for every woman in here, God, that, that has not been reading their Bible and chooses today that I want to get closer to God. I want to read my word. I want to pray. I pray, Father God, divine revelation of your word, Father God. I pray, Father God, that there would be a passion, Father God, for your presence, Father, that every woman, Father God, in here would want to go to the next step with you, Father. Lord God, that there would be no excuses anymore, Father God. I just rebuke the enemy. I rebuke the distractions and I rebuke excuses that would prevent us from thriving in the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this beautiful gathering of daughters and friends, Father God. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.